0: given to me by the Lord, like Psalm 2, Psalm 2 is our word for today. Hear the word of the Lord. Why do nations rage? Why do the people waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them.
1: Then in anger
0: he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, Babylon city. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with reverent fear, and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son, or he will become angry, and you, for he will become angry, and you will be destroyed in the midst of your pursuits, for his anger can flare up in an instant. But what joy for all who find. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. I want to ask you one more time as I pray this morning to move me out of the way that your people will hear a special word from this day. Transfiguration Sunday is today. And we will hear a word on that in closing, actually, in a little bit. This is... Uh, a tough message. I know Jeannie has been with me a few days, and bless her heart, she's listened a couple of times to several things the Lord has given me. Um, this is, uh, no matter how I sliced this pie, probably not going to be my most popular uh, message, because it's hard to swallow. Um, when I listened and I studied, I began to hear in my own heart, well, this doesn't have anything to do with me. I, I as I began to listen more closely and carefully, I realized that I actually knew it. So it's a very personal message, and I respected that United Methodist um, lectionary folks put it on the last Sunday that we worship before we begin Lent on Wednesday, a time of our reflection for um, transformation in our own lives to see what we add or take away or what the Lord's doing in our lives, to take a real solid look. At putting our money where our mouth is, or to see if we're doing so in our lives and our walk with God, to practice what we preach per se. Transfiguration means to transform, to change something into something different, to exalt or to glorify. It has a lot to do with appearances. Um, You know, as I thought about it, were out this week taking pictures of a, a friend, an old friend of ours, she and I, and sharing um, life lessons together. And as I began to look at some of those pictures, I could not recognize myself uh, in those pictures anymore. Um, I have gained a few pounds, I will not tell how many. Um, but I also began to see that as people responded to me, um, they were being gracious And I recognize that as we transform, we sang this morning to tell our stories, we are the hands and feet of Christ in this hurting world, and we're hurting too. So as God transforms us into something different for His glory, we begin to take on, do we not, we pray, His glory. And so we begin to to prayerfully not look at our outer appearances anymore, but Inner self, our soul—what is going on within us? And uh, I remember saying this to y'all when I first came a year or two ago. You know, um, we we're so concerned about our out- appearances. I think more so sometimes than we ought to be. And um, I know when I look at myself and I go, "I am—I look so tired." I'm like, "Well, why am I not going to look tired? I am tired."
1: <laughs> or, or, "Oh my gosh, I'm
0: looking older." Why would I not want to look older? I am older. Um, you know, so, so pride and selfishness, vanity runs um, and some looks sometimes within us. And so those can be sins in our life from smaller gods. So today is about, for those of us, if I may, so as Shelley sometimes says, step on your toes, um, it stepped on mine. So I pray that God speaks. Um, it is about. Control Those of us who like to be in control of our lives and our circumstances. Or that we uh, like to control others in our lives or in our circumstances. But more importantly, about letting God be sovereign and ultimate in control in our lives. And trusting that he is still in control. Ultimate rule, God. Ultimate rule. Do we live like we believe that? Do we? Psalm 2 is accredited to David by the New Testament. Israel's religious leaders, yes, religious leaders, were persecuting Jesus. Describes of the rebellious nations and the coming of Christ to establish his eternal rule. David, as we know, was a shepherd, a soldier, an earthly king, and a prophet, and the bloodline I thought, wow, you know, religious leaders were persecuting Jesus. Do I not also do so sometimes? This song shares with us the amazement that cultures and governments of this earth would try to ignore God, try to ignore God, not unconsciously try. Hear that again. This song expresses sheer amazement that cultures, our lifestyles, and governments of this earth would try to ignore God herein, especially religious leaders. Now as a religious leader, I can say that sometimes or maybe often I find myself ignoring God. But to actually try to does find me bedazzled. Why would we do that? Why would we seek to ignore God? Yes, we might want things our own way. We think we might think we should go this way or go that way. We think maybe we should tell you how to go We think we know better. It might hurt if we follow God. Surrender is hard at best, is it not? And if we think and if we're honest, there are many, many reasons we might ignore the hand of God's will in our life and our daily lives. Think about some of them: busyness, hardheadedness, hardheartedness, our own comfort, power. Prestige, appearances, approval of other people. Surrender, full surrender, I surrender all, is giving up control. As if we really had it to begin with. I am not as amazed that cultures and governments seek their own control. We might expect it from some sadly, our government Sorry, maybe. Especially herein with the confusion of an earthly king arising to lead God's chosen people from a stable, not a palace. He didn't look much like a king. And he didn't look quite so powerful. But remember, Jesus was challenging the status quo of the religious hierarchy, their power, prestige and comfort, And turning their world upside down as to power and position, security and what they expected. Their comfort, their joy to come from earthly kings. Their security from wealth and status. And their peace from their own efforts. Trying to ignore God. Just think about that. The consequences of that, David says, will be dire then and today. And David assures us it is better to honor God and serve Him as we know. But do we fully surrender all? Do we actually surrender all to Him? What are those things or people in our lives that we hold on sometimes? anyone, including kings and Rulers, try to defy God. He knows against. best. That was my point. Well, I think we know if we reflect why, we share some of the reasons why anybody will try to rebel against God. Why do I find myself doing so sometimes? Do we even recognize sometimes that we are? Sure. Selfishness. Pride. Wanting what I want, wanting what wanting or trusting God's will instead of fearing God, respecting Him to know best. Fearing that I may not attain my way, failing to surrender fully to His care and cover of me and my life and my loved ones. Lacking trust in His ultimate control and plan for my life. Not fully believing His desire and His word to give us the true desires of our heart and realizing that only God knows what those are. They come from some of the most unexpected people in places, failing to understand fully that He is perfectly not only capable but willing, but will work all things out together for, our, for those who love Him. But yet, for our eternal interest, I heard the hymn this morning when we sang. There are still souls that don't know the word of God. There are souls out here among us, maybe as close as you and I, that have forgotten the love of God in their lives, His presence. And Circumstances has not changed that, and they need us to. We talked about several Sundays ago: the salt and the light. And He is using our circumstances in our lives. So, I think we're getting to the deeper issues of our heart where all is well with our soul. The true desires of our hearts. even recognize if we are distancing or turning away from God? Trying to control our lives. We can't take anything else in our hand if we're holding on to everything too tightly. The commentary said that rebelling against God is selfish and prideful. It looks selfish and prideful. It also brings with it Hate and anger when we can't have our way. Sometimes we get angry and it says we will hate one and love the other. We cannot serve two masters, Matthew 6.24 reminds us. Either we will hate the one and love the other or we will be devoted to one and despise the other. We talked last Sunday about you can't hold two balls in your mouth not two big ones, as my life tries to do. One job. drop. What are the other masters in our lives? God says in Matthew, you can't serve God in money. Serve is the key word there, not have, but serve. So what are the masters in our lives distancing us from God in our own personal lives? It's a personal question. may be different for everyone? Or maybe who? Who do we put above God's control of our lives? What or who controls us? What or who do we depend on to cover us for protection? Or to care for us? Not just by what we say, but by how we live our lives. I mentioned this morning, I heard on the radio, there was a football coach somewhere, or maybe it was a baseball coach, but a coach, that that's team had high regard and respect for his integrity. And the teammate said, it's not how many victories we won, it's how he lives his life in getting this thing. I love this song because it hits to the heart of our humanity. The fury of earthly people is not intimidating to our He knows we get mad at him, but he wants us to tell him and be authentic and honest with him, not appearances, but to be real. He's a real God that wants real people. We see here in his response to those who attempt to define him is what? Found his son. amusing Laughter. He scoffs, it said in the word today. Remember I told you about my friend Lavelle. It was United Methodist Minister. She said, I've said it several times to you guys. She asked me, how's that working out for you? I'm like, How was, how's what working out for me, LaBelle? She said, are you still trying to tell God what you're going to do or what you're not going to do? i told her that wasn't work, working out a darn for me years ago. It's was still not working out was a darn for me. See, I didn't recognize that by trying to change my circumstances that were bringing me closer to depend on God. I was trying to take away the very things that were drawing me nearer to God in my life. So he is making sure, I'm sure smiling at me if not laughing, that my circumstances have changed but he has changed me. And that's what he's trying to do. Paul told us last week in 1 Corinthians 3 no one knows the mind of God except the spirit of God. And no one knows the heart of man besides God. But God does know our heart. We can't put on appearances for God. So who am I? Are we trying or why to tell God what to do? Here we are. or others, only God knows that. Or what I will or will not do, I do that which I do. not want to do and when I do not do that which I want to do, Paul says. I find myself in that situation a lot. And really, in its own way, is that not persecuting Jesus? And as a religious leader, to do it. So this is personal, and it does apply to us, wanting to be kings of our own. The symbolism of God laughing implies his complete power and sovereignty complete. He's not partially in control. And we're not in as much control as we think we might be. I don't really want or need to be driving from the back seat of a car. I'm in better hands if God's driving it. We say we believe, but do we live that And like that coach, do other people see that we live what we live? There is no middle ground, I'm reminded, because God knows our heart and he's trying to transfigure us into his glory so that we will shine and be transformed for his kingdom's work. I listen here, change my words a little. Psalm 23 came to me today for our call to worship. I had a hard time choosing the call to worship today. And it led me to Psalm 23, which is perfect for today. He is our. one true God. And David is pleading with us in this song and in those rulers to make wise choices. To trust and follow him. To fear God above worldly rule and power, position or prestige. Fear meaning respect, submission, and surrender. I almost called this message today, I surrender all, but after I did this message, I realized I had not come. No. To kiss the sun means giving due honor and respect to the anointed one that he deserves. I ask, under what cover or whose do we find our refuge in our strength? We might say today, well, this is not about me then as we reflect and consider, maybe it might be. How many times in the past few years have I wanted to hold on to the way things work instead of surrendering and trusting Him to get me to a better place so that all will be well with my soul? And to realize God is growing us Meeting us where we are to be the change we want to see in this world. Not change our circumstances, which we try to do so much, to keep ourselves from having to change, but to change our heart, to draw nearer, to climb that mountain, heaven, to teach us, to nurture us, to use us, and to give us a peace, a hope, and a future that only He can give to us at any age, at any time, in any circumstances. Knowing, believing, and practicing in our life that He is the only true source of our lives to give us the abundant life He came to give us. And we must empty our lives out through this winter season or add things to it to allow him to do so, to use us, to bless us, to love us more. And yes, it may come through hardships and pain. David had over 10,000 soldiers chasing him, coming against him to harm him. Yet he put his full trust in the power and plan and purpose of God for his life and the lives of his loved ones. Not in his own ability, but in God's. When our circumstances go against us, instead of trying to change them, you know, what would happen if we allow God to change us? We would have a global revival. It's got to start with us. What if instead of trying to change other people, we surrender them to God too? And when our circumstances are not what we want from this solemn day, we can know that God has not left us. God is still with us and still for us and leading us into true peace and joy through surrender. That's where the peace comes. On the way over here this morning, God had a... Look to our lectionary for today for Matthew. I want to read this to you very quickly. It is a short version, a little summary, a minute, maybe or two, of the Transfiguration from Matthew 17, one through 9 This really spoke to me personally, and I know you have ears to hear, a heart of understanding, eyes to see, and I want to share it with you, and I pray it speaks into your heart. Jesus took Peter, James, and John up a high mountain. He was transfigured. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus. Peter offered to put up three shelters. A bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice said, This is my Son, whom I love; with whom I am pleased." Listen to me. The disciples fell to the ground, terrified. Get up, said Jesus. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Jesus is saving us, nurturing us, maturing us, as we talked about last Sunday spiritual maturity to mold us into the creation that He made us to be, that only He can do. May we let Him and may He transfigure us as we seek Him during these weeks. The Word of God for